pick your class and learn your battle points. Because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 146 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, joined by my brother and co-host, Sam Goodwin. Hello there. In this episode, we'll be going over the community transmission for the August update. Are we blind? Deploy the garrison. Incoming transmission. We're back for another community transmission. And this time around, we're going to be talking about the Elite Corps update, which is due to arrive on August 29th. Let's dive straight into what's coming. Clone Trooper Appearances. The 41st Elite Corps, or Elite Corps as they came to be known, were a division of the Republic Army that were involved in many iconic battles during the Clone Wars. Toward the end of the Clone Wars, Elite Corps were present at the Battle of Kashyyyk. Alongside Jedi Master Yoda, they came to the aid of the Wookiees on their homeworld. Other notable appearances were on Geonosis, where the Elite Corps were sent to assist Anakin Skywalker in retaking the planet. The 327th Star Corps were known for their distinctive yellow markings on their armor. Led by Jedi General Ayla Sakura, they would take part in multiple battles across the Clone Wars. Notably, they were part of the Republic force that were defeated on Quell, despite their arrival of Anakin Skywalker. The new clone trooper appearances will be priced at 20,000 credits, or 500 crystals each, and available for Assault, Heavy, and Specialist classes for the Galactic Republic. If you're looking to pick up all three appearances for each troop, then you'll be able to take advantage of a bundle that costs 40,000 credits. So, two sets of skin sage. What do you think? Were they what you wanted from Clone Trooper uh, customization? Well, like many others, I was expecting more, but... Because honestly, they could just start spinning out so many customizations for the storm, the clone troopers. Because honestly, you're just uh, plastering over their armor. You know what I mean? It seems like uh, as a uh, developer's point of view, it shouldn't be too hard to make these customizations from what I understand. Yeah, so we've got two Clone Wars skins. I really like uh, the Kashyyyk ones. The, that is a skin I have been wanting ever since uh, it was announced that Clone Wars was being added to the game. That's actually my uh, favorite customization from Clone Troopers, because when I saw that in Episode 3, I was like, that looks amazing. Yes, exactly. But, I don't know, how do you feel about just the two? Do you think that is, or, or just the three? Uh, what do you think of just the three skins? I mean, it's, it's a good start, like, introducing uh customization i mean geonosis that's that's a good era for because that's where the clone wars really start and kashik they look awesome like i'm not going to complain about any of them i just thought there would be like when they came out there'd be so many yeah and they'd be so much cheaper yeah they're pushing skins like it's a big thing uh and to many people it is a big thing but at that price it's very limiting I don't know. I haven't really been pushed towards skins as much as I was in Battlefront 2015. It's not a huge thing to me uh, for skins. I, I think they're they a great selection of skins. It's just in this Battlefront, I haven't been a huge skins person. Yeah, there's like one or two that I would really consider getting, and Bouchelet was one of them, which we already got. Yeah, exactly. That, that, but most of them are so minuscule that it's not really worth the like 80,000 credits that they are. The uh, the alternate skins for Lando and Han are cool, but I can just play with normal Han. Well, you can you can do that with any game that has skins. You can be True. like, oh, I can just play Fortnite without a skin. 
the purest form of Han is the original trilogy Han. Yeah. I think out of the the Harrison Ford Han and Alden Ehrenreich Han, I prefer the uh, Harrison Ford Han. But on Lando, that's a close call. That would be like picking decrepit Palpatine over the Senate in his prime, holiest form. <laughs> now, the Lando skin, I, I really like uh, uh, Donald Glover as Lando, and I would definitely consider buying that one. But for the most part, the skins aren't really drawing me in as other games do. I don't know if that's just me as a gamer and my actions toward games and skins, or if it's more of a Battlefront 2 training me to be like that. Because in Battlefront 2015, I was a huge proponent of those skins. I really wanted to get those skins played constantly to rack up the credits. Yeah, because if you didn't have the max rank skin, you were nobody on the Battlefront. Mm -hmm. And I think it is the game because for so long we weren't in charge of our skin. It was, oh, we're going to play this class and we're going to get this random skin each time um, instead of more customization. Yeah, maybe if they didn't loop these crappy skins like because they didn't give you like you were saying customization at the the front part of the game so now like you know a year later now they're the pushing skins finally it doesn't seem as big as a deal Mm -hmm. another thing that's kind of like that emotes and victory poses i am a huge fan of emotes again haven't been a huge proponent of emotes though maybe this will change now that we're able to purchase them but before it was just you can get them in crates or you get them by uh, doing specific challenges in this next update which launches uh, august 29th and we'll get into our views on the release date and that kind of thing later in the episode but in this next update you'll be able to purchase emotes and victory poses for both heroes and troopers alike this has been an often requested feature so we're really pleased to see it's released into the game and look forward to seeing what you get up to with your new emotes hero emotes and victory poses will cost 2,000 credits or 50 crystals each trooper emotes and victory poses will cost 1,000 credits or 25 crystals each so for me it's the same kind of thing like emotes were really big in battle from 2015 you know because you were like waiting in the lobby for people to fill up and you're all doing your emotes Mm -hmm. and you had more emotes uh, more slots for emotes now you only have the left d-pad and the right d-pad so you you choose two i just never even get the urge after i kill someone to do an emote because that was like the big thing to do oh yes the laughing emote was the pinnacle of genius so they'd kill you do you they do the laughing emote, then you try to kill them back, and you do the laughing emote. It created this great nemesis kind of thing. Like, oh, you're going to laugh at me? How dare you? I'm going to specifically target you and try to kill you. But now, I mean, emotes are cool, and they definitely have a wide variety, because when I started looking at the emotes, I'm like, dang, that's a lot. But they were, like, so locked to the to the loot crates that you it was so rare to pull them. Definitely want to see them do maybe even some, like, challenges that give you an exclusive emote once you complete limited time kind of thing yeah uh next we have coming to blast and custom arcade naboo palace hangar the theed hangar on naboo is a bit of a favorite amongst the community so we're pleased to confirm that we'll be making it available to both blast and custom arcade it's good to see uh more maps being uh, cross compatible over the different game modes i think going forward i'd really like to see more of that if they're not going to give us new maps at least give us some more freshness in terms of repurposing the maps that we already have in the smaller game modes. Because wasn't it just exclusive to the uh, Heroes vs. Villains game mode? Yes. Because that's what I liked about Battlefront 2015, again, going back to it, but all of the Blast game modes were available on Heroes vs. Villains, and that worked both ways. 
Because honestly, it, there's no reason it shouldn't be. Yeah. They're both smaller scale game modes. So yeah. I mean, also it just adds more content across the uh, the game modes as well. Next, it's here to stay. Ewok Hunt goes permanent. Now, Ewok Hunt is just one of the most fun game modes in Battlefront 2. I haven't played it in a while. Every time that I've tried to play it, which uh, it's like 11 at night in Colorado, so who's going to be up on servers? But it's been empty, so I haven't been able to actually play recently. But I love this game mode. The only way that game mode is fun is playing uh, the Stormtroopers, in my opinion. And you want to play it at night, so that's what I find annoying. Ewok Hunt has been a favorite amongst the community since its inclusion with the Night on Indoor update. And there's been a lot of talk surrounding its temporary nature. As a part of the next update, Ewok Hunt will be here to stay as a permanent game mode within the operations menu. Next is breaking down the score end of round screen. You'll now be given a breakdown of your score, eliminations, assists, deaths, your longest kill streak, as well as overall placement on the scoreboard, your combat placement, and your objective score placement, and whether or not you're on the winning team. Remember, always play the objective. So they are readjusting the uh, end of round screen stats and going through and making it a little bit better to uh, keep track of all of your stats, which yeah, I appreciate that. What really needs to come back is a uh, Battlefront Companion app for this new game i want that so bad not for the I stupid want... little game that it comes with but just tracking hours put in yes. kills like that was amazing like it would show you how many kills you got with darth vader all the heroes all the weapons what's most used by you i mean because people like to see that and i i love to see that you know it just shows you like what hero or villain you're best with how many kills you get with this weapon like also just like analyzing some of what you play best with so you can keep with that yeah, it's it's great to be able to see those stats and see how you play. I, I am a big proponent of looking at oneself and seeing what you do and kind of putting that into the way you live, which I carry over into video games. And I love being able to see how many times I shot the DL-44, how many times I've killed with it, how many headshots I've gotten with it. I love that. And it seems like there are fewer weapons in this game. Yeah, in this game. Uh, unless you play a lot and then there it opens it up more but it just seems like there are fewer weapons now obviously that isn't true but the reason it seems like that is because you had so much customization over your weapons and it seems like you know we want these classes that come with certain things but in theory you kind of miss the the uh you know control over what you choose mm -hmm. making your own setup but the thing is that they're so they're so hard trying to push classes and customization at the same time. But in my opinion, you can't mix the two. Either give me classes or give me customization is my <laughs> is my personal opinion. Give me classes or give me death. Like give me a class that is preset that I don't have really much control over, but you know, I like I like that feeling of, you know, the game's watching out for me, trying to give me a good loadout. Or just let me customize. How do you feel about that? I like the setup for even going back to the early episodes of our podcast, I was a big fan of creating basically your own class with a star card system. Now, I think that's what kind of got them hung up on uh, this game was carrying over that star card system and not leaving it open enough to bring it to this game in a better, more full featured way. Uh, because they've said it's just too hard to add new star cards. And in Battlefront 2015, that wasn't the case. We got new star cards. It wasn't as frequent as we wanted, but it was still there. I think that was a big thing. I think it would have been better if we would have had uh, different customization in the form of not of star cards, but more towards weapons that you can unlock and 
actually buy attachments for or that kind of thing or earn that's what i think switching mixing the classes at customization with attachments that you can't really unlock unless you do certain challenges and star cards i don't know if that gelled really well i do like stacking star cards but i haven't used the attachments feature since the beta where it was tied to crafting parts yeah in this game i don't feel as like intimate with the weapons like, you know, back in 2015 Battle Prime, like, literally could name every weapon. Yes. And, like, the fire rate, the, the, the how it shoots, like, if it's burst, like, how many rounds it puts out. I knew how many bullets were shot with the SE-14C and all of the different weapons that I used. And then this game, I don't know, it's not it feels, there. It feels so, like, cookie cutter almost. Like, you know, there's 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 just, like, like one number or letters different from the, the uh, previous weapon. Yeah, I like how it was kind of like a Star Wars feel to it, ragtag. You know, the weapons had character to them. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, I know it does make sense for stormtroopers to have those uh, similar weapons. But, you know, this is Battlefront. We want customization. Yeah, I, I don't know why that is, but um, I can definitely see that. Not feeling as intimate with the weapons. Um, like in Battlefront 2015, playing constantly put like 400 hours into the game. And... Anytime I watched Star Wars, I was like, oh, there's that weapon, there's that weapon, there's that weapon. Princess Leia's using the Stinger Pistol. Uh, that Stormtrooper's using this weapon instead of the E-11. I was able to name all of the weapons that were shown on screen. And it gave me more of a sense of uh, immersion into the, the movies yeah. by playing the game. Same with even the star cards. Like, the, yeah. these star cards in this game are like, you know, 5% buff to your so-and-so ability when the previous game had like you know thermal detonators which you know are a throwback to the movies and the personal shield like they all make sense to star wars while these are like an rpg element i mean we want some like hardcore star wars props for our games Mm -hmm. more variations in the uh the weapons and uh weapons and like the the grenades and that kind of thing that is added through star cards instead of oh uh, with this star card, you can add 15 more percent to damage when you get a headshot or something like that. I don't know. It's it's just strange. Uh, moving on, though. Uh, new playlist tiles. Uh, prequel era maps. A new tile in the home menu will allow for quicker matchmaking into Clone Wars related maps on Galactic Assault. By selecting that tile, you can prioritize matchmaking for Clone Wars era maps. However, if a match is not currently running on any of those maps, you will get to play into any other Galactic Assault map. In theory, this sounds like a good idea, but honestly, we're going to be probably splitting, splitting our community within that because, you know, most not all people want to just play exclusively Clone Wars stuff. That's why it's just you so, can go so regular those, assault or the yeah, Clone Wars playlist. But say those certain people like always go for Clone Wars. That's taking away from our general matchmaking of just getting an assault match. Well, that's the case with any playlist. Just like that's really what kind of fricked over um, Battlefront 2015 is that they had so many separate game modes. And this game's trying to like unify the community. That's why I think it'll be a little bit better. So we'll see how that works. But it's never a good idea to give the player more options when it comes to choosing because unless you have like an infinite amount of player base it's gonna get just you know the wait times is gonna get steadier and steadier yeah but like they say in this um in this post we are uh, constantly working on improving our systems and strive to uh, achieve progressively better matchmaking going forward so we'll see how that affects the gameplay and uh, the availability of maps and servers and, and game modes <laughs> 
Next, we have Hero Prices. The uh, hotly debated, hotly argued, big controversy. Hero Prices. Back at EA Play, when we announced that Obi-Wan Kenobi, General Grievous, Anakin Skywalker, and Count Dooku were set to arrive in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Separately. <laughs> One of the most common questions we received resolved, revolved around their pricing. Today, we confirmed that we are targeting a price of 35,000 credits for each of the new heroes. What? We came to this price by using our in-game telemetry data to determine the speed in which players are earning credits, as well as the average amount of credits that each player has saved up. What this tells us is that for newcomers or players with a credit balance of zero, it shouldn't take too long to earn credits needed, and for veteran players, you most likely have enough credits already or very close to achieving that amount. Now that is just stupid. <laughs> Honestly, like they keep making the same mistakes over and over. Like this is kind of taking me off. Like you wait all this time, you're just like, okay, oh yeah, we're releasing all these awesome characters. But wait, there's a catch. You have to spend a ton of credits just to purchase these to unlock. And that's the bad thing about not having the purchase season passes being free is that they can really do whatever the heck they want. Oh yeah, we don't have paying customers for this. Technically you do because we bought your game. Oh yeah, we can do whatever we want. We can add prices. Because this was a really, really controversial move when they started. Like They had every single hero and villain. Like, what is it, 10,000 credits? It wasn't every single hero and villain. There were like... There were, there there were, were free few. ones to, give you, to get you started. Yes, but it was... Um, it started out as some crazy amount. And then they moved I think it, it down. It was forty thousand. It was forty thousand, and then they moved it down to ten thousand. Oh, now they're just moving it back to forty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with the pricing. Like, it's not going to be a problem for us really to get the credits necessary. But like for the person that just picked up the game, they, they actually heard that General Grievous was just coming in the game. That's uh, the whole reason they won a Battlefront Two. They buy the game, and now they're going to have to put in the that time. That isn't a huge thing because of all of the achievements and the challenges and all that stuff. You rack up credits like crazy as a new player. It's but you're going to need it, you're going to need seventy thousand credits. Yes, and you're telling me you can get that without grinding your life away in a week. You can. You can with all of the challenges available to you as a first time player. It's pretty but easy. But a first time player is not familiar with how the challenges work. See. Uh, their logic is fine. I just uh, I I think thirty five thousand is just too much. Yeah, I mean ten thousand was was you know that, but thirty five thousand is a lot. Fifteen to twenty thousand, I think, would be a good range for it. Honestly, they should have just kept it with the range they were doing because they're trying to keep the heroes balanced. Not like the, these have some like godly advantage over everyone else. They should be more expensive. Yeah. So if you are on the edge, waiting for the new heroes. Don't spend your credits quite yet if you were going for one of the skins or that kind of thing. Because you will need 70,000 credits to get uh, Obi-Wan and General Grievous. And then later in the year, 70 more thousand for Anakin and Dooku. So 140,000 credits for these uh, free seasons. So basically what they're doing is, hey, you, hey guys, you want to spend some money on our game since we're not getting DLCs and just like flat out get it? Or do you want to waste hours of your life getting this? But that, that's in the end how they make their money. Hey, you want to spend time or your money? And they're all like, you know, oh, yeah, we have an excuse for it. But in the end, they just want your money. They don't care about you. Wow. You okay there, Sam? <sighs> Moving on. Uh... 
x2 bonus multiplier. You will notice in the release notes that a fix for the times 2 bonus multiplier is not listed. Because uh, this is because the times 2 multiplier will be removed in an upcoming update as a part of the squad system. So before when you were on a high kill streak or uh, when you're on a high kill streak, you would get two times the uh, battle points to move along and get heroes quicker. They're getting rid of that for a new squad system and to adjust that they are lowering the costs of heroes and uh, units. First off, uh, heroes that are uh, cannon to the map are going from 6,000 to 4,500 and on um, the ones that aren't cannon to the map it goes from 8,000 to 6,500. Uh, on the units it goes from all of them are lowered uh, for some reason it's not showing up the specific breakdown. the the Wookie the Wookie Warrior is going from to the uh, from three thousand to two thousand two hundred. So it's going to be just lowered in all of them uh, for the future. Uh, the new cost will be active once the Elite Corps update releases on August 29th. Now for the bug fixes and improvements. In terms of balancing, we have addressed multiple issues in this update. Extraction in Jabba's Palace will have some changes. While playing as a rebel, you will now notice that the spawn positions have been adjusted. On Death Star 2, we have fixed an issue that allowed players to reach an area behind the armor racks. On Bespin, players were able to jump onto one of the buildings while playing as a force hero or Boba Fett. A change has been implemented to stop this. A similar issue was present on Kashyyyk, with players able to use Boba Fett's jetpack to reach places other players could not. This will no longer be possible once the update arrives on August. There was also an issue at Jabba's Palace where Boba Fett could stand on one of the ledges and was not easily accessible to other players. This has also been fixed. Sorry Boba. There's nowhere to hide now. We'll be releasing full release notes in the coming days. Stay tuned for those. Uh, now, a mention of the roadmap. The next roadmap update will arrive next week. And this update will break down the seasons, fall, and winter, and provide details on future content to expect month by month. So we're getting a better breakdown of that. Hopefully, it will be more detailed because we need more details. Yes. We'll see how that goes. There was a... Uh, I, I may have been confirmed, it may have been a rumor, may have been a leak. Uh, either way, I'm not sure where it comes from. But it was said that they were looking at releasing the heroes individually across the months instead of both at the same time. Right off the bat, I'm against this. I think that's just a bad idea. Uh, bring them out together. Uh, that way, both uh, fans of the light side will be happy and fans of the dark side will be happy. And that's all for the community transmission. It's quite the uh, quite the journey there. Quite the road of disappointment. Not really. I was just. I mean, that thirty-five thousand credits is a disappointment. But overall, I overall, I, I it's a decent update. I would, eh, I would I like to call it solid, but it wasn't bad. Um, it could have been worse. <laughs> that's basically what we have to deal with nowadays. <laughs> it could have been worse. Um, something I want to touch on, uh, and then later we have a uh, email from Daniel Schilling, a friend of the podcast. I want to talk about the release date, August 29th. So the month of August has 31 days. This comes out the 29th. Almost the last possible second that they can do to release this update before it's not an August update. Which is basically the story of their life. Yes. So that's why I don't have high hopes for the uh 
the later updates that add uh, the big scale game mode, the heroes, and Geonosis coming anytime soon, trademark quote unquote soon. They're going to push it to the last possible second until they can't say it's this again. So basically, when they if they said an August update, it means an early September update. Basically, yes. All the bugs will be worked out by September. Because releasing something at the end of a month shouldn't... My gosh. I mean, the middle of the month is pretty bad as it is. But this is what they've been doing like ever since Battlefront 2015 even. Mm-hmm. Last possible second. Oh, we're going to release this in the first quarter. Uh, last possible day of the first quarter, and we get an update. That's how it was with all of them. Um, The communication is way better in this game. It's not, oh, two and a half months of silence, and then, oh, wait, hey, that thing we told you about two and a half months ago, it's going to be coming out in two weeks. Okay. More like two and three quarters of a month ago. Yeah. Um, So the communication's better. Um, It's just, just say late. August update, early September. Now on to Daniel's email. Hey guys, I hope you're both well and happy about the new transmission. Three clone skins, is this enough? As you know, I'm not a skins fan, so this is no bother for me, but I'm not sure this is enough. 35,000 for heroes is pretty decent. I'm close to 400,000, so this is great for me. I'm a bit mixed about the in-game hero price drop. Being the average player I am during Galactic Assault, I find it pretty tough to become a hero as I'm not that quick at getting points. Then I end up in a hero hogging map with no chance of becoming one. I end up with plenty of points in the end, but chances of playing are slim. I guess I'll just Wookiee Warrior all the time. Looking forward to see what they drop in the roadmap next week. Keep well. All the best. Definitely experienced that a lot in Galactic Assault. I mean, there'll be games where, like, I do really well at the beginning and able to get a hero. Mm-hmm. But odds are some guy gets in a ship and completely spawn camps the other team to get a bunch of credits. And then you have the couple of people that just camp the campiest heroes there are. Mm-hmm. This may be a good thing. Maybe the price drop will add more crappy players, and therefore the rotation of heroes is much faster than it normally would be. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But if there's a lot of noobs, that means more points. That means the skilled players are going to get more points easier, which means <laughs> less time for you to get it, more time for them to hog. But if there's a noob just running around with their heads chopped off, it gives you more time to collect credits or battle points. I think it will even itself out. I wish they had like a higher cap for heroes instead of having a max cap. What is it, two right now? Yeah, so the amount of heroes or on, even on the field at the time. Because it's a wave-based map, a wave-based game mode, so every wave you get a, a more amount of hero um, reinforcements. Because that'd be it'd be so awesome in Galactic Assault to have like eight heroes <laughs> paired with awesome. like thirty troops versus the other team. It would be like a legitimate Jedi war because they they had their troops accompanying them. I I agree that would be awesome. But I think that's about it for this episode. I look forward to seeing how um, how everything lines up with the actual uh, with the actual launch. Really looking forward to seeing the uh, roadmap. I want to see the changes. I want to see more detail. Uh, and we'll all keep you up to date on that on the podcast. I've been your host, Sage Goodwin. I am Sam Goodwin. You can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Battlefront as it happens at SWB Podcast. You can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Battlefront Podcast, or on PayPal, 
paypal.me slash tie-dye-sheep, T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. A way you can support the show completely free is by leaving a review on iTunes. We've got 66 of them, hoping to reach 100 by our third year anniversary this November. Definitely love seeing those. It's good to hear your feedback. It's also handy for search results in iTunes and the Apple Podcasts app. So if you're listening on the Apple Podcasts app, or on iTunes, we would appreciate it. On Stitcher, they have reviews as well. We would appreciate hearing what you have to say about the podcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. And you can send us feedback through email, battlefrontpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you find podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. And may the force be with you. We blind deploy the garrison! Like that? That was pretty good.